and welcome to Let's Dive In. It's our little podcast. Where we have a go at answering questions all about life, the universe and everything in it. I'm Phil. And I'm Julie. So let's dive in. Phil. Julie. Do you remember... At the end of series one, we did that episode all about spiders. Yes, we were trying to find out why spiders have eight legs. We did. We learned so much cool stuff about spiders. Yet, even though we learned all that cool stuff, I'm still not a big fan. Well, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, you were pretty freaked out. I know. And and to make matters worse, my hubby darling played a rather mean trick on me after we did that episode. <laughs> what did he do? Well... He bought a box and then he sort of left it surreptitiously lying in the kitchen. And it was this lovely little brown box with a little slidey lid. And, you know, it just looked so so inviting. And, and you know, there might have been something shiny in it. Oh, he knows you so well. You're a I curious know. little soul. I am. I am. And, you know, I hadn't seen the box before. And, well, you know, I wanted to find out. I slid it open and had a look. And? A giant spider jumped out at me. <laughs> How did he get it to do that? That's brilliant. Oh, I literally jumped out of my skin and recoiled. I presume mm. it was a fake spider, but that's amazing. It was fake, but it looked incredibly realistic. So even though Collie Ellis, who we talked to about spiders, had told us all these cool facts, they're still scary. Yeah, well, funny thing you should mention that because today we're talking to Collie again. It's almost as if we planned it. No more spiders, I hope. No, we're talking about snakes. Snakes? Snacks? No, s- you got snacks? Snakes, Julie. Snakes. Oh, snakes. Gotcha. I don't like those either. Well, we've got a question from one of our listeners. Kevin from Limerick wanted to know why there are no native snakes in Ireland. Ah, so that's why we called Collienis again. We did. So let's dive in. Well, Collie, it's so great to have you back on the Let's Dive In podcast. We had an absolute blast talking to you about spiders last time. Um, But this time we want to know about snakes. So we've had a a question in from our listeners and there's, you know, our listeners based in Ireland and they want to know, why are there no wild snakes in Ireland? Uh, That's a, 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 a fascinating question and one I get asked a lot. So the reason we don't have any snakes in Ireland is... The same reason we don't have a lot of animals in Ireland that you have throughout the UK and Europe. And it's all down to the Ice Age, not St. Patrick. It's uh, the old uh, <laughs> Father Frost was the one who really, really uh, stopped it. So during the Ice Age, there was literally 200 foot of ice over most of this country, maybe more. Um, so you can imagine that ice sheet that came down from the poles right down across Europe and basically covered uh, Ireland. So as that was sitting on top of the country, the sea, le- sea levels were a lot lower. Um, so the UK would have been linked up to France and Spain. Um, and all the animals that lived in Europe would have been able to freely move between Europe and into the UK, but they couldn't make it over to Ireland. And as the ice retreated, one of the four seas to form was the Irish Sea. So the snakes, the toads, the lizards that, uh, some of the lizards that made it to the uh, UK just couldn't get 
up and across fast enough to get into the uh, the lovely island that we live on. Uh, and that's why they don't exist here today. Was it just the cold that got them? Was it their food supply? What is it in particular? Is it like, do, do, do snakes just not like ice? What is it in particular? Certain species are more tolerant of cold than you would imagine. And like you do have snakes throughout Italy and France and, and, and up into their mountainous region where, you know, we all go skiing and if, if, <laughs> if you're lucky enough to be able to and it's cold up there and they do well uh the only reason that this they, they didn't end up here was because they, that because of that retreat nice and the sea forming um theoretically you could introduce some of the european species of snakes um to ireland and theoretically they should do well so so the cold-blooded element uh, for, like, i've heard that a good bit around and i i know that i'm warm-blooded even though i'm cold all the time <laughs> as many blankets and tea as possible. What what does cold-blooded actually mean? They don't produce their own uh, heat. They absorb heat from external sources. And most reptiles absorb heat from the sun. That's basically what they do. They'll get out early and they'll bask. Um, and basking is basically sunbathing <laughs> <laughs> and just soaking up those rays. And then that brings their temperature up to a certain level. So... You talked about the fact that snakes would survive an island and that there are snakes in, in similar places and up in the mountains where we have snow. So they could survive there. What happens to the snake when it gets cold? Like, what, how, how does it survive through a winter? Yeah, yeah, like garter snakes. is a, If you want to look up a really cool snake that comes out in winter, the garter snakes in uh, North America. Um, what they do basically is they go into a type of hibernation Um. um not dissimilar to the hedgehogs and the and, and 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 the other animals that we know and love that 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 hibernate they'll go into a nice warm place underground in between cracks and rocks under logs um places where there's impacted leaf litter i was always kind of fascinated by their tongues do they taste the air yes yeah, so as, as you're watching a snake as its forked tongue goes in and out and it's flicking at the air as the tongue goes back into its head, the tips of the tongue are touching two sides of an organ in their head called the Jacobson organ. And that means if a snake is in a room and on the right-hand side of the room in a box, there is a mouse hidden away. The snake sticks out its tongue and on the right-hand side of its tongue, it tastes mouse. So it moves over to the right-hand side. If it goes too far and it sticks out its tongue and brings it back into its head, you will taste it on the left-hand side and then right and left and you will see it zoning in. So it's tasting in stereo, if that makes sense. I hope I'm painting a visual picture with my words here for the listeners, but it's so unusual for us. Imagine you were you're walking through a street and you're like, God, I'd love an Italian meal now. And you stuck your tongue out and you could taste the direction of the uh, the local pizzeria or, or lasagna shop. And that's exactly what snakes can do. It's, it's, an, amazing, it's an amazing way to, uh, to feed. Okay, I feel like it's time for an owl experiment here. Okay, I, I don't want to ask this, but are you actually going to try and lick the floor and find your local pizzeria? Yes, I'm going to lick the floor and then I'm going to lick the air and then I'm going to find that pizza. You what? No, no of course I'm not, Julie. I'm not. You no, know. Not, I, I know you might think, but I'm not. I've, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest that we play a game instead of an experiment which uses our wonderful noses. Ooh, let's play some science. Indeedy. So this game is all about the sense of smell. Now, you, we don't have a Jacobson's organ in our mouth, but our noses are pretty good at smelling things. 
Was that you, Phil? No, no, it wasn't for dramatic effect. And actually, effect, well, whoever smelled it dealt it. I don't smell anything. How on earth am I supposed to smell something that's all the way over in Dublin? I don't know. I have a sixth sense about this thing and I, I know you just farted. Anyway, my smelling game. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the smelling game. Ooh, the smelling game. You know where there's like a spelling bee? This is like the smelling bee. The smelling bee. Love yeah. it. Okay. Good. You ready? Okay. Yes. So, now, I know you've prepped this already, um, so maybe just tell us what you've got in front of you. Well, in front of me, I've got four big cups, um, like regular tumbler style cups, and they are each half full with a liquid that looks like water. And then I've also got four little cups in front of me, and they've all got lids on, and each one of them has about a teaspoon's amount of liquid in it too. That's perfect. Uh, Each little cup has a teaspoon of a scent in it, a liquid extract. There is one with vanilla essence, one with mint, one with orange and one with cinnamon. The key thing here is I do not know which one is which. That's right. These were prepared for me before this call, so I haven't got a clue what is in what cup. So now you've got to take a little cup, take off the lid and guess what's inside it by smelling it. So go on, it's time to smell that lid. Okay, here we go, unscrewing. Okay, alright. Attention. Oh yeah, okay, that's, that's orange. Definitely orange. Orange, yeah. you glad that's the one you smelled first? I am actually. It's quite pleasant, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Okay, so I'll pop the lid back on and put that down. Now, what you've got to do now, you've got to find out which one of the big cups has the corresponding orange in it. Now, here's the trick. The bigger cups are filled with water, but they only have one or two drops of the scent in them. So they're very diluted or really weakly mixed up. So that means it's going to be much, much trickier for Julie to determine the smells. Are you ready to smell that watery cup, Julie? I am ready. Got my cup here in front of me. Get sniffing. Alright, here we go. So, uh, get sniffing. Right. For those of you joining us here on this on oh. the smelling bee, Julie yeah. is just actually sniffing in a cup to see what smells in it so she can match up her corresponding diluted smell with her bigger watery smell let's see how she gets on okay Julie how have you smelled your first cup this cup is mint it's mint oh it's brilliant like it's mint yes it's the perfect cup but it's not brilliant because it's not the one I'm looking for I'm looking for orange oh you're looking for orange put that down okay so it's not orange I think it's time to smell cup number two. Okay, cup number two now. Ready? Julie is taking her second cup and taking a deep whiff of what's inside. Back to the action. Julie, what's happening? Okay, this. This is orange. Hurrah! So I have matched my smells. Yes. Ah, so the idea is that you'd play this game uh, multiple times and you'd keep mixing things around. And we've put the instructions for this super smelling sensation of a game on the website so you can give it a sniff at home too. And the cool thing is that you can use any smells that you like. Although, if you are organising this for other friends to play, please be kind.
So don't put essence of poo in the cup by farting in it, because that's just nasty. Now, this obviously isn't exactly how snakes change down their prey. They don't smell in cups, but it will give you an idea. By even us diluting it that much, snake senses are so much more fantastically sensitive because they are able to taste the direction of where their prey is by just picking little molecules off on the wind. So you're sniffing in a cup, but their noses are millions times more sensitive. It's unbelievable. Now, we're going back to Collie one more time who finished off our conversation with a list of incredible facts about one of the world's most deadly predators. Yes, one of the world's most deadly predators, but it's shaped like a tube of Pringles. Is it as delicious as a tube of Pringles? I hope not to find out. They are able to do so much with that body shape. You think about it, right? You have reticulated pythons can crawl up virtual poles and, and, and coconut trees to go after monkeys that are trapped up there. They use their body to wrap around and, and push themselves up. You have sea snakes. The ultimate swimmers live nearly entirely in, in the water. Anacondas. Anacondas are, you know, aquatic predators who have eyes on the top of their heads like frogs nearly that they can just wait in, in submerged in the water. Gigantic animals and nailed capybaras and, and, and antelope feeding on the side of the water. Then you have snakes that can jump. They can physically jump like rattlesnakes that actually be able to jump. They can live, cruise across deserts, sidewinders, without touching the, their, their skin off the hot uh, sand too long. And the best one of all, the Southeast Asian snakes that can go up to the top of a tree, flatten their body out like an airplane's wing, and jump and glide. They are flying snakes. They actually can fly. They're amazing looking no creatures. Yeah, check it out. And if any of your listeners want to see, you can find them on YouTube. Just an amazing, amazing variation of stuff you can do with a, a tube-shaped body. I don't think we'd do as well if our, our arms and legs were missing. <laughs> no, and I mean, for everybody who listened in last season and heard Collie and Julie freaked out because we were talking about spiders, if you're now not freaked out by the fact that there are gliding snakes climbing snakes jumping snakes <laughs> swimming snake snakes I mean it's swimming probably snakes. a good thing that uh, there are no snakes in Ireland but I mean it's a good thing that you're here Collie because we're delighted because now we know everything that we needed to know about snakes thank you so much for joining us no problem no problem thanks Collie so Julie do you finally like snakes not not really no no i've got to say i don't but but i do completely understand collie's fascination with them i mean they are incredible creatures that they are and coming up next one of these days i'm gonna have a good joke like like a good one we'll wait for it we'll wait for it well don't wait any longer because in less than a minute you're here from ashling again and she's got another amazing fun fact statement snakement about snakes do 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 fun fact time. <laughs> I love it. Another jingle. So it is time indeed for another fun fact from our intern. Dashling, hey! Hey y'all! <laughs> How, How you doing? Where did that come from? Oh no. <laughs> Have you got a cowboy hat on? <laughs> no. I love it. Okay, okay. You got you got it on your sister now. Yeah, we're yeah. Done, we're okay, done. we're done, we're done. Carry on. Okay, because I'm actually feeling a little homesick, guys, because 
I'm missing one of my favorite snakes while I'm living here in No Snake Ireland. You you are missing snakes? Yeah. In Oregon, we've got these little ones, and they're called garter snakes, and they're super cute. Hang out in my garden. Whoa! Oh, you, snakes in your garden? Are, are they dangerous? Well, to slugs, yeah, but not to humans, no. They... They kind of pee a little if you scare them on accident and it smells bad. Uh, uh, (laughs) I mean, they can produce a very weak venom, but it's not even close to rattler venom at all. Rattler venom? You live near rattlesnakes too? Oh, sure. Yeah, we've had all kinds of animals literally in my backyard that people should give space to, like cougars, bears, newts. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Newts? Newts? Those little like salamander type things? Are they really dangerous? Oh, yeah. The rough-skinned newt is super poisonous. Their skin produces a toxin that is 10,000 times more deadly than cyanide. Oh, 10,000? So you just, like, run away every time you see a newt (laughs) cuddling, waddling towards you? Uh, Well, I mean, you can hold them because the newt's toxin's really only dangerous if you ingest it, but it's deadly to almost every animal that eats one. Oh. Yeah, but... This actually ties right into this episode's fun fact, right? Okay. The only known creature that has evolved to shake off the newt's deadly neurotoxin is the common garter snake. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. So you're setting this up. So so your mild-mannered little snake friend that pees itself when it's scared is actually a cold-blooded killer of this absurdly toxic newt. Yes. And it's because millions of years ago, rough-skinned newts were just a little bit poisonous, but that didn't bother the ancient garter snakes, right? They had already inherited a little bit of toxin resistance from their ancestors. Sounds like these snakes weren't completely armless, anyway. Oh, <laughs> Phil. Oh, sorry. Well, everything changed when some newts happened to be born a little more toxic and it helped them survive being eaten. And then they had babies with this trait, yeah? Ah, yes, it's a survival of the fittest kind of story. Yeah, but some garter snakes happen to be born with a greater resistance to these more toxic newts. So the resistant snakes that survived eating their poisonous snack were more likely to survive, and they also then had, like, baby snakelets? Snakelets? Yeah, and then this cycle happened again and again and again. Okay, 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 fast fast forward, fast forward a few million years to today. Where the newt descendants are super poisonous and the snake descendants are super resistant. Exactly. That is a co-evolutionary arms race in a nutshell. Oh, you you never really expect such an epic contest between a snake and a newt a snake snack (laughs) yeah and i miss the newts a little bit too right as kids my sisters and i would save the road crossing newts because you know log truck tires don't care if you're poisonous squishy squishy newts yeah that was our little newt patrol (laughs) newt patrol more like nerd patrol (laughs) ah well helping out some of the most dangerous critters on earth i mean that's pretty badass nerds i'd say that's right. Yep, you go, fair, girl. Fair, fair. <laughs> that is fair. That's good. Well, if it will cheer you up, you could go out looking out for the one native newt species that we have here in Ireland. You have one here in Ireland? Okay, that is a great idea. I'm going to grab my rain jacket and, oh, I've got time. Okay, I've got to head out now. Okay, thanks to you both. See you next week. Bye. Would you, wait, wait. Ashley? 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 She's, oh. she gone? Yeah, she's gone. We didn't even tell her where to so, go. What's the newt? Tell me about the newt, Phil. It's called the smooth newt. Like... The opposite of the rough skin newt. Yeah, like, you know, like, it's like, you're smooth, like, you've been hit by, you've been struck by, mm, a smooth n- newt. Newt. Lame. Yeah, I need practice. Lame. Sorry. Lame. 
Thank you all so much for making it to the end of our Let's Dive In show. We love making these shows for you. But of course, there's more to it than just having some fun. This show wouldn't be possible without Science Foundation Ireland. Our coordinators, Lorna, Sharon and Avian at UCD Explore. And of course, the one who oversees it all, Nikki Coughlin. And the one who oversees Nikki and everything else, Suzanne Kelly. Finally, a big, huge and giant thank you goes to you, our listeners, for listening and also for sending in your questions. Without you, we wouldn't have a show. So please like, share, subscribe and give us a review if you've enjoyed it. And if you feel so inclined. I mean, we're very much obliged. So thank you and And bye. bye.